0: Hmm? Ah.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Reba. And I'm Peg. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Apple TV show Lisey's
2: Story. This week we are covering episode eight, the finale of Lisey's Story titled Well. Leecy story. (laughs) Well, indeed it is. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't have that until I think after the episode came out, did they release the title? Because I didn't have it last week. So, um, that was the first time. So, so yeah, this was, I think, an appropriate, um, title to this week's. Do you agree?
2: Yeah. 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 It it sums up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) the, The whole thing is, but then, yeah, I mean, the specific, like, reason, of course, being, that story left in the case and we'll get to all that. But We're yeah. definitely going to get to all that.
1: We're going to get to all that. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. This was definitely an interesting um, wrap of the series. I know we're going to have a lot of interesting things to say. We have a lot of interesting feedback as well from our listeners. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear what they have to say as well. I think everybody had some opinions. Nice. Um on this. So without further ado, um, cause you know, I feel like we're going to start talking about our points too much. If, if we keep talking about it without further ado, um, I'm excited to jump into the finale, um, discussion here. So cake, yeah. if you want to go ahead and get us started, uh, with your number five, please.
2: All right. Uh, and as always with this show, it's hard to like get five really good solid points. It's, <laughs> it's a challenge, <laughs> but I think we, I think it did it. Um, I so we'll start, I always kind of just start with like a small little thing. But uh mm-hmm. my number five is the sisters. Again, just kind of the dynamic between yeah. Lisi, Darlie, Amanda, and kind of what we see between them. We don't get a whole lot, but what we do get, I really enjoyed. Um, you know, Amanda knowing that when Lisey has left with Dooley... You know, Darla's, like, when is she coming back? It's like, well, she might not come back. There's that, you know, Amanda's very sure, like, no, it's like, this this might not be it. And Darla's like freaking out. hmm And you know, it's it's a tense moment. But of course, with, with Joan Allen and Jennifer Jason Lee, like they find a way to still kind of make make you laugh a little bit and have a little bit of lightheartedness in it while it stays tense, you know, with the whole, so don't freak out. But I was like, I'm, I'm already freaking out. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and and really, who could blame her? I mean, right. you know, she, we already know she has a hard time accepting this whole, like, I don't know, not really alternate reality. This place, this boo yeah. Moon, right? So yeah, of course she's, you know, troubled mm-hmm. by it. <laughs> so
2: Yeah, and Amanda just being so, like, nonchalant, but also, like, downer about it. Like, oh yeah, she might not come back. And Darla having that line is like, you know, I liked it better when you were in a catatonic stage. Like, that is a really shitty thing to say.
1: It, <laughs> it was, but it was a funny line. It was yeah. a really funny line. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, agree. I liked
2: that. Uh, and then, of course, when Lisi does come back the first time, you know, she comes back, she takes some time to heal herself after what happens mm-hmm. and then she comes back and it's very much just like all right you guys were never here y'all leave and you know we'll, we'll take care of stuff i don't think they ever knew the uh, other <laughs> things that happened with the body of Dooley. i don't think they ever were let in on that i'm not sure
1: <laughs> probably best that they don't know i feel the, yeah the more you don't know the more you have to like either worry about Lying or denying, you got plausible deniability if you don't know. So, if you don't know
2: anything, yep, I don't think Lisa's going to be telling them, Oh, yeah, by the way, the body came back up, you know, over their blueberry pie. She's be like, Oh, yeah, this, she's probably just going to leave things where they lie,
1: exactly, Uh, move on, forget it even Mm happened.
2: Then I love that when she goes back the second time and all of that, she, you know, she leaves the message for Darla and is like, I have to go, I have to leave again,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and I'll, you know. I can't promise I'll come back, but I will try.
1: Yeah, and
2: it's like I don't want you to freak out, but you probably already are. <laughs> <laughs> she knows her sister well. Yeah, but then I love when she does come back from that second trip, that they've been waiting there for her all day.
0: That yeah. They stuck there
2: together to wait for their sister to return, and I thought that was really beautiful too. That even though they, it's a great depiction of a sibling dynamic where they love to give each other shit. They're on each other's nerves all the time, but at the end of the day, they love each other deeply and they're there for each other when they need each other.
1: Absolutely.
2: And so I, I love that. And then the flashback of them as kids, cause then Lisi gets to actually see what Amanda was seeing with the Hollyhocks. And I thought that was really cool. And then we get the flashback of them playing as kids with their dad, kind of videotaping them playing mm-hmm. as pirates on the Hollyhocks. And that was really cool. And also Holy crap, with the casting on that, uh, you know, I've talked about casting younger versions of the characters before, you know, I thought, you know, Sebastian Hansen made a really great young Scott, but, and, you know, I looked up on IMDb for these names, (laughs) by the way, but, you know, but I was like, man, uh, Claire Keene was a little girl that portrayed young Lisey in that flashback. I was like, if she was not a dead ringer for Julianne Moore.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I was like,
2: was there some kind of digital alteration to make her more julianne more like or because it was that uncanny i was like man that is bravo
1: (laughs) you were right outstanding casting yeah i thought the same Mm -hmm.
2: but yeah so that's my number five is just that sister dynamic that i'm glad we got to see even more of that because i've i've enjoyed it i know you have too we've talked about their you know communication and the way that they work with each other this whole series and so had to touch on it one more time and Give it some
1: props. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did, um, because I agree with everything that you said. Uh, and and I loved throughout the series watching that sisterly bond. And, you know, we've said it a few times, you know, the chemistry between the three women, you know, actors, you know, you could totally buy that they were just really sisters. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if if it was natural between them, if they, you know, hung out pre-production And also during maybe filming and production and that helped build, you know, that relationship or maybe it just came naturally. I don't know, but it was really great and I think really just important to the series. And I really think that, you know, where we left it, it's going to really help those sisters get to a healing place. I mean, yeah, I think they're still going to be sisters they are still going to bicker. They're still going to poke at each other and, yeah. you know, they know the right buttons to hit, right. To really get to each other. Like sisters mm-hmm. do nobody I think can get to you like a sister. I don't have a sister. I have brothers. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and well, I'm not going to go into my whole family dynamic because it's a mess. <laughs> we're a, we're a whole blended family, but, um, but you know, I didn't have sisters. So, you know, but from what I have um, you know, observed in my life uh, of friends who've had sisters or just sisters in, you know, in life that this seems very real of a sisterly um, and sibling type relationship that nobody can quite get to like your sibling can. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, at the end of the day, You know, as much as what they bicker and they kind of, you know, say some sharp, mean things to each other. Sometimes like the whole I like you better when you're in a (laughs) catatonic state. It was funny, but I was like, "Ooh, that that kind of hits below the belt. Um, At the end of the day, there's still love between them, you know, Mm -hmm. and that you could you could feel that, you know, you didn't have to uh, look too hard to see that. So, yeah really great relationship. And I really think that's going to be a good place where they left off to kind of move on and kind of heal a little bit after Mm -hmm. everything that they've been through. And I really hope the best for Amanda too, that, you know, she doesn't get lost again, you know, and you know, she doesn't have, you know, another episode or anything where she is gone, um, you know, and that she can, she can also heal herself.
2: Yeah. I was worried for a second there when she, you know, when Lisi is gone with Dooley at the beginning, kind of glossed over that, though, that she does have that moment where it reminded me of when she was trapped in Booyah Moon calling out to Lisi, mm-hmm. But she's kind of in the normal world calling out to Lisi, and then she kind of stops and stares off. Yeah. And I was really scared for a second that she was going to, like, go to Booyah Moon after Lisi. Yeah. Like, that's what I was waiting to see what happened. It didn't, thank God. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, i I was a little worried too that she might slip backwards. So mm-hmm. it was it was good, and I think Amanda's concern for uh, Lacey being gone. That yeah, I mean they said that the pool was very captivating mm-hmm. and very easy to kind of get lost there. And I mean Scott was there, so yeah. I mean I don't know. I know that he's not alive, but you know I think that when you're you know be if you put yourself in Lacey's shoes and she's grieving for her husband you know you would almost think that that would draw her to want to be there too Scott's there she's seen him there not only is Booyah Moon captivating place to be um, but also you know she could be there with Scott so I think there is a risk there and she was right to be worried Um, so yeah that all made sense to me I like it that was a good number five gotta love those sisters yeah gonna miss them well, I wanna talk about for my number five, the demise of Dooley. All right. Um, so we, you know, did finally get to see him meet his end. Um, and it was by the long boy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I think that it was kind of ironic that he became a part of the place that inspired, saved, and I think in the end destroyed his favorite author. Yeah. And I thought that was um kind of interesting. And this is really wrong and twisted of me, I know, but it was oddly satisfying to have Julie yeah. <laughs> just completely ripped apart, you know, about like what the long boy did to him and, you know, how it grabs him and kind of, he just kind of envelops and becomes a part of the long boy, like all of those other bodies yeah. um, that are a part of him. And I'm going to talk more about him specifically on my next point, but cool. just Duly specifically, you know, I think It was totally deserved. Um, But Mm -hmm. then I did have an issue with Lisi having to deal with the dead body later in her pool. Like, what was the point of taking him to Booyah Moon um, that she now has a dead body to deal with? Wasn't that the whole point of taking him to Booyah Moon was to, like, dispose of of him there and, like, he would never be found or, you know, nobody's ever going to come across his body like nobody's gonna get there right that's that was yeah why. that's what
2: i was thinking too so i was like i wonder why the body appeared in the pool all eviscerated <laughs> i like yeah, it was but it wasn't
1: pretty um mm. but yeah i mean i'm like well what was the point i mean that was why i feel like um scott as a little kid took paul to booyah Moon yeah. because if they got caught with paul's dead body I mean, his dad was definitely going to go to jail and, yeah. you know, be charged with murder. So in order to to hide that secret, he took him to Booyah Moon. And mm-hmm. then the, and we'll, we'll talk about the end and how they kind of explained that a little bit. But um, I don't know. I just I'm like, well, what was the point? And now we've got a mess to clean up or at least she has some mess to clean up. I would have been pissed. I would have yeah. been like, dude, that is why I took you there.
2: Right. Why are, why are
1: you back over here? Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, it sounds like she's going to kind of get away with, with it. You know, she had this, uh, like, wink-wink conversation. I loved know? that
2: so much. Yeah. I was just, like, this grin on my face because at first I was kind of worried about it because mm-hmm. Chief Richards was, you know, just the way he was talking, like, you could tell, like, he was kind of on to, like, maybe something happened because, like, mm-hmm. well, you found the officer, but... We know Dooley's, like, such a just devoted, like, he wouldn't just b- get spooked and run off. So he was just like, so, you know, what would have happened? And then I love then how the chief just kind of, yeah, slides out. He's like, but, you know, the officer that he killed was a really great guy. And the fact that he killed him the way he did, is like, if something was to happen to Dooley, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. <laughs> At least he's like, yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> just... I love that oh, she's so like, good. you know, it's like so maybe somebody will find the body if he's dead. She's like, I don't think they will. I love it. <laughs> is there something you're not telling me? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she just like all but admits to Richards that she killed him. And his yep. response is just, well, go on and get your pie. Enjoy it. Have a good time with your sisters.
1: <laughs> yep. See, so, yeah, I don't think they're going to be looking too hard. No. <laughs> for him. Uh, so we don't have to worry about that, I guess. But uh, but yeah, it was a fun little conversation, little wink-wink, nod-nod. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like you know more than what you're telling me, and I'm not going to ask you because then I have to do something about it. And yeah, I don't think anyone's really going to be missing Jim Dooley or reporting no. him missing or anything like that. But but yeah, so we got to see his end, and I think it was an appropriate end you know, just was. based on the type of person that we saw him to be
2: brutal though still like very brutal like i was like i was like almost makes me want to feel kind of sorry for him almost but not almost but (laughs) Um, not no because i kept
1: thinking when i started to think about oh damn you know about how brutal it was as we're watching it i kept getting flashbacks of what he did to lisi yeah and how absolute brutal and cruel he was yeah um so and and had like zero concern for um you know he didn't really he 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 himself in his whole perspective was so twisted you know he mm-hmm. only cared about you know scott's work you know for himself and and he was more selfish minded he cared for nothing else um so i i don't know he he was just too twisted for this world, so I think yeah. he got what he deserved. It was brutal, but I kept thinking every time I would see something happen to him, I would get a flashback of what he did, did to Lacey and how brutal he was with her. And I was like, nope, he he got it. He he needed that. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just yeah, jumping so. straight into that.
2: <laughs> no sympathy, really. Yeah, <laughs> like no. yeah, no. That's he got what he deserved.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's
2: <laughs> then. I just feel bad for Lisi. Yeah, having to clean up this mess yeah. after she took care of that.
1: I know. I was just, she handled like, it
2: really well, though. It's just well, we'll just load it up in a blanket and take it to the bridge and dump him over the side, body part by body part. Glad nobody's gonna like drive up on her during that. Cause yeah, no kidding. That'd be a tough one to explain. <laughs> a
1: little bit. Little bit, yeah. Uh, I, I she handled it well, it looked like it hadn't been her first day getting rid of a body because I thought I'd right. be freaking out like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, I mm-hmm. you're supposed to be over there, but um, so yeah, that's my number five. Nice. What is your number four?
2: My number four is Scott letting go mm. dot 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 question mark um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know uh, just scott's kind of end in, in in his own uh now someone mentioned in the feedback last week the waxy look over scott's face and yeah. i didn't notice it last week but definitely did this episode uh yeah. <laughs> for sure and i was wondering you know because at the beginning i'm like what is What is going on? But then we do find out after Lisi is talking to Amanda, you know, she goes to her, tell me about the shrouded ones. I need to know. And it is people who have died. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm reading between the lines of what Amanda said, but what I assume here is, yeah, the people, and I think I had mentioned this as kind of a theory in an earlier episode that people who frequented Booyah Moon, who pulled from its power and its source, then when they actually do die, there's still some of them that's left there, and that's what the shrouded ones are. And so that explains why Scott has been there this whole time. I mean, that is his connection to that place after he died. He's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And the shrouded ones, I guess, are the ones who decide to stay and, as Amanda put it, hold on a little bit longer uh, for whatever. It's like an unfinished business thing. Yeah. And his unfinished business, the reason he's a shrouded one or, you know, he's becoming one and sitting there at the edge of the pool. Is he wanted to make sure that Lisey got through this final bull hunt, that Amanda was taken care of, and that Lisey, you know, remembered the things that he wanted her to remember. And now that all of that has happened, you know, he's been waiting for this moment. It's kind of his time to go for good now. Yeah. It's that unfinished business taken care of, and now it's time for him to go. And I'm glad that Lisey had the the thought to go back to the pool one last time and see him. One more time as he was kind of heading off into the water for good. It was really brief, but it meant enough to both of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the whole flashback montage of the two of them during that scene with the music. And yeah. just reliving all of their, like, you know, great moments with each other. Oh, watching that was... Like, there's been some really deep emotional moments throughout this whole show, but mm-hmm. this might be the first time I've really, like, cried watching this show. Yeah. This one hit me, and I'm just, it was, like, it was absolutely beautiful. I I agree. I thought it was really well done just seeing, yeah, this montage flashback of reliving all their great moments together as they say goodbye to each other. In not a lot of words, but really just in looks and, like, a shared knowing of each other's love for each other. And, yeah, I thought it was beautiful. And then the reason I have the question mark at the end of that (laughs) is because, of course, this show would, and I should have seen it coming, at the very end, basically, we get one more time with the freaking lighthouse. Because (sighs) it's got to drive me crazy with, like, quick thoughts as, like, the credits are starting to roll. Everything's gone through my head. It was like, wait, was the lighthouse not Scott or was it still Scott? But what does that mean? Is he still somewhere watching and, and we're never going to know. Cause it's over now. Like what is, thanks for that. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. I, I feel <laughs> like it would be like a typical Stephen King ending and mm-hmm. it's just open for interpretation. I don't think we're going to get a season two or anything like that. I feel like this was just a limited series. It was just the book. Yeah, He's only got. You know, just the one book as source material. I really don't see it going anywhere. Yeah. You know, further. Um, pretty sure this was a, a you know one and done type of thing. But um, but yeah, they had to kind of leave it a little open ended there. Make us crazy, of course. A little bit. <laughs> Wouldn't be Stephen King if 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 they didn't. So I like that. That's a really good point. Um, and a lot of beautiful moments there. I'm of the same yeah. mind. It was really touching and it really moved me to see, uh, you know, some of those special moments between the two and I really got their connection. Um, Mm -hmm. I wish there had been a little bit more uh, character development between the two, uh, maybe getting a little bit more of their lives together and not so much of the, uh, just in flashbacks um, or um, after his death. But I, I did feel that I felt, those two had a connection and you know i could feel that resonating for sure yeah and it was nice it moved me moved me to tears too good number four uh well my number four i want to talk a little bit more about the long boy just i don't have that much to say because i still don't know that much about him i don't still (laughs) understand and i don't think we're probably going to um I do wish I had a little bit more or we were provided maybe a little bit more insight into at least the right. idea of what it, it represented or or what it was made up of. I mean, we got a pretty good, clear picture uh, mm-hmm. and close-ups of the long boy. And I did enjoy those close-ups. Yeah. I mean, talk about yeah. some great work, right, On on the CGI. Oh,
2: yeah. Every time it was like a really long, close shot on it, I was like man, that thing will never stop being the most terrifying thing imaginable up close.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to see that in my dreams or maybe <laughs> nightmares um, more specifically. But um, yeah. but the close-ups that we got were really great. Uh, they did not yeah. shy away from, you know, like those bodies that are crawling and moving, you yeah. know, all over the plate. Or, or, or they're moving and crawling all over, but they're somehow held in place. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool effects it was cool effects when when jim dooley kind of got absorbed into and, mm-hmm. and the other i guess people i'm gonna call them people that's what they look like um you know we're kind of ripping at him and you know yeah. you could tell he's you know being tortured and, and in pain um but i still don't understand what he represented or or and why was Lisi spared
2: yeah exactly
1: you know, I, I I still don't get that connection, like why it didn't seem to discriminate on who it would go after. Um, so I was curious as to why Lisi is, you know, as she's standing there and she gives Dooley that injection and why it goes after him. So I don't know. But uh, we've talked about him before, curious about like, you know, what does he represent? What is it? Is it manifested from something there in Booyah Moon, the people who visit there or, you know, um, the things that they bring there? Is that what manifests him? I, I don't know. But yeah, still a mystery. Still One of the unanswered <laughs> questions, unfortunately, yeah. I think.
2: Yeah. We still don't know a whole lot about him, but it was interesting. I was like, well, who'd have thought that all you needed to do was just calmly and quietly ask the long boy to let you through?
1: Like, <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. Maybe he just wanted to be asked nicely for something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. and I just wonder, I was like, what compelled her to think that that would work? Because yeah. I mean, she said she might not come back. So clearly she wasn't 100% sure that it would work. But she seemed confident enough to go for it. Uh, and yeah, she gives the shovel as kind of like a payment to it. To like it's kind of Scott? letting go of yeah. those things. Yeah. So yeah, it was really interesting. She just wanted to see Scott, yeah, one more time and then longbo LB obliges. LB, you know, we're close like that, and right. i can call him that. So yeah. He's your homie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was one of the mysteries that we didn't quite get an answer to, which I mean it's fine, but it just it really just kinda stands out. Um, I wish mm-hmm. I'd had a little bit more maybe not a full answer, but just a little bit more of a you know, at least a hint or something, but I don't think we got any of that. And if we did, I totally missed it. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I knew we'd probably have some unanswered questions or mysteries left over. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, there were other things that were more important that we needed, and I, I was fine with that. But just still, kind of, just stack like, what the hell is that thing already? Especially after we got those close-ups of it, and then why yeah. let Lisi go and seemed to be okay with letting her pass you know, there at the end to go see Scott. So anyway, um, yeah, that's no. my number four. <laughs> uh, right. What is your number three?
2: All right. Well, I finally, I feel like I don't get to do this very often to turn the tables on you. Cause it's usually you having to say this to me, but we already covered my number three. Cause it was, you know, Jim Dooley's demise and what happened oh. to him. So we're good. So we can, well, I <laughs> we got all my notes on that.
1: Tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you don't have anything additional that you want to add? You feel like you've said what you I don't. You I think we, yeah, okay. I
2: got through all of my stuff with it too. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, then I'll move on to my number three. Um, all right. I, I'll just another quick little mention about how here at the end, Lisi finally does give up Scott's papers uh, mm-hmm. to the University of Maine. And yeah. there was a really nice scene there where, um, the one of the girls um that was i guess taking the inventory and you know taking ownership um of those papers where she expresses um empathy yeah um for scott and what happened to lacy instead of like where jim dooley felt he had ownership right of scott's work um but this person was like you know hey i I read Scott's books. I read relics five times. He really helped me through an important time in my life. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry for your loss, you know? Yeah. And he, Jim Dooley, on the other hand, you know, he, it was always his loss, not, not Lacey's. And there, Mm -hmm. there was the difference there. And that's why I I didn't feel as bad, you know? um,
2: Yeah. And maybe that's, yeah, the questions we had about, like, well, why does she hold on to these things? Why doesn't she want to let go? Maybe it's because Dashmeal's really the only one who was like pestering her about giving it to it, mm-hmm. giving like, and Dashmeal was a lot like Dooley, where it was very the world needs this, and it's your, you know, you know, you 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 should you you know your obligation to let this go because we deserve it. I, and she already didn't like Dashmeal because he took credit for saving scott back at that right so there is maybe that's really what it was and all it took was her finding this other university on her own and realizing like oh these are people who actually have sympathy and understanding for the situation and maybe part of it was also just her like giving that final dig to Dooley, even though he's dead but then also into Dashmeal, it's like what a slap in the face that after all totally. of this totally she then does give it to somebody else, a different university. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a nice little, you know, I think pin, pin in it. And yeah, I I liked that. I think that really helped Lacey that, you know, it wasn't so much about, you know, just a little empathy for her. I mean, she lost her husband, her partner, you know, clearly they had a very close relationship and no one seemed to think about here's a woman who's lost her husband of, you know, 20 something years, you know, and have any sympathy for her and her loss. It's all about, it's our loss because we lost Scott. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we, you and I've talked about, you know, kind of similar feelings and how, you know, you feel like you have some kind of ownership to an artist's work, but it's, it's really a a little bit more, you know, a little bit more, I think um, a broader perspective, it not just what it means to you. You know, it's not yeah. about you. Um, so I liked that scene. I liked that she got that. And I saw that the University of Maine, that um, said that they, um, it was going to the Fogler. And what that really re- means is um, the Raymond H. Fogler library in Orono, Maine. And I'm probably butchering that. So apologies <laughs> to ev- anyone from Maine. Don't at me. I apologize. Um, but it made me think that there's probably a lot of Stephen King in that library. So probably that I thought you would cool.
2: know.
1: Daphne might know. I just <laughs>
2: assume she. Would.
1: Yeah. So, she yeah. Might. Anybody who's from Maine or um, has, has visited that library uh, would love to, to hear if there is, you know, some Stephen King um, items that maybe aren't, available to the general public but yeah it was cool that that's a a real place and i bet like i said there's probably some some stuff from the king himself anyway Mm -hmm. just just a a little note there um uh what is your number two
2: all right my number two is the final bull ah, and the the final prize of the bull hunt that scott has lacy on
1: that's mine too We're going to be right in sync. All right.
2: Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I bet we have the same number one too. We might. (laughs) I have a feeling. Uh, But yeah, the, the final prize is Lisi. then realizes to follow the string from Paul's grave. And when she does that, yeah, there's like this golden, like not really suitcase, but like chest, but it's more like a case. I don't know exactly what to call it. It was kind of cool. But, yeah, it had like treasure a treasure chest, yeah, but it had like a soda. I couldn't tell. I couldn't see an r c label on it, but I assume that was kind of his as Paul thing. so i I would believe that it was. But yeah, there's a soda in there, some little callbacks, but then also Leey's story mm-hmm. that Amanda said that Scott had mentioned to her. And it's this final thing that he wrote before he died for her, and it tells the true story of what happened to him as a kid, which I won't get into now because that is my number one. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so he's able to kind of tell this story and which maybe this is war your Number two is that backstory. I don't know, but, but yeah, but it tells this really dark story and it's the first time he's let this out to anyone. It seems, uh, it's he's finally getting it off of his chest, so it's being able to give that you know lift that you know weight off of him, but then with that it it helps Lisey kind of move on through this, like okay, you have all of me, there's nothing else that you have to wonder about the things that I always held back now I'm letting you know, and then I can move on, you can move on, yeah, and yeah, I thought that was really cool. You know, uh, the true prize of the bull ends up being what Lisey said way earlier in the season was she made that comment, you know, my prize is learning how to be alone. Yeah. And it kind of is that. It's not as sad of a version of that, but it's, nor- it's now more of her prize is learning that it's okay for her to be alone.
1: Yeah, you're right. And to let go, I think, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. That she can, yeah, like, she can let go, she can move on, because, you know, Scott still is there with her in some regard, but mm-hmm. but she's able to, yeah, have her own life and move on with things. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool.
1: I, I think so, too. Uh, I think it was a gift that she can... She she's always going to grieve. I don't want to make it sound like she's just, oh, I'm yeah. I'm done with grieving, but it sounds like she's been through a hellish 2 years since mm-hmm. Scott died that she has not been able to get through the grieving process. It seems like she was kind of stuck, you know, in, in the grieving process. And you know, while she will probably always grieve, she will always miss Scott, you know, being in her mm-hmm. life. I think that this enabled her to get through the grieving process and be able to move on. So she can, you know, um, she's still going to remember him and, you know, miss him, but she's not going to be stuck in this like hellish version of grieving that we saw when we met her. And she's going to like have her own story now. And I think that's, you know, kind of what the point of what some of that was. Yeah. Um, and that was his, his gift to her from, from the bull hunt. In essence. I agree. I like it. <laughs> well, th- that kind of went on. That that was definitely tied to my number two as well. i sorry. Did you have? Cool. Were you done? No, nope, that, that okay. was all I had. Um, yeah. That definitely tied into it. But the specific of what he told her uh, in the story as far as what happened. And maybe that's what your number one is. Maybe that's we're, we're going to yeah. crisscross a little bit. <laughs> that's all right. Um, but like when. You know, we finally get to find out what happened to Scott's father. I think we kind of knew that he had died, but we didn't really get to have any detail from that. And we're guided through what happened there with Scott and his father's final hours together. And we learned it really wasn't a very long time after what happened with Paul, you know, you know, how everything came came to pass. And I got to give props again to Michael Pitt, who, who played Andrew. Um, Landon, yeah. this dude, has got some chops. Um, he did a really outstanding, um, job. He was a, definitely a standout for me in the series. And that surprised me, um, because he really made an impact. Um, you know, when he expresses his inability to kill himself, you know, in the way mm-hmm. he whispers to Scott, he says, I'm so sorry. And then, and even just with the way when Scott, drags his corpse across the mud. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's so traumatizing. I mean, just when you think that what we knew so far about what happened to Scott in his childhood couldn't get any worse with, you know, he it seemed to be an abusive home. You know, we still don't understand fully about his dad. Was was he mentally ill? Um, was he just abusive? Was it a combination of both? You know, we don't know the details of that, but it was not a great home life. So that was already terrible. And then, oh, he killed his older brother. um, And Scott had to hide the body and bury it. Okay, so we think that's the worst thing that's going (laughs) to, right, that that's going to be it. (laughs) Right. And then we find out that Scott, because his father couldn't end it for himself, asked his son to. and. Mm -hmm. To see Scott as this little boy, you know, disposing of his of his dad and how he tried to take him to Booyah I Moon mean, the same way he did with Paul because that's what he wanted um, and he couldn't do it. And then has to go to like social services and, you know, say, well, they just ran off and left me. Um, just the whole weight of that, uh, of what yeah. Scott and his father went through during those final days was just unbearable, just unbearable and um you know it can't imagine somebody actually going through something like that so um i'm glad that we got the rest of that story and i think it was Mm -hmm. you know like you said important for scott to relay that like now now you know everything there are no more unanswered questions you know and it's all laid out there and that was the time to do it after he was gone um, so she yep. she would be able to, to kind of move on and have all of that, have that knowledge. Um, so just heartbreaking moments, really great acting. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was good to hear, get the story. I think it kind of wraps that up nicely. Yeah. So that's my number two.
2: All right. Awesome. <laughs>
1: well is, then yeah uh, yeah and so it, was that also part of your number one what what what's your yeah, one? was true yeah it was yeah
2: my number one i just called yeah, he had the true story of scott landon mm-hmm. and so yeah we you mentioned a lot of it yeah after paul's death yeah it hasn't been that long and their father is not holding up well i don't think i'd say he was holding up very well to begin with even Mm-mm. before then but but i mean now he's like hearing sounds and like, seeing visions of Paul, like, haunting him. And he's, like, hurting, like, cutting himself and stuff more and more. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, falling deeper inside that hole he's been in to where he stopped going to work. He's just shut off from everything. hmm And the, the, we get the moldy sandwich scene. Oof. Which was That was rough. rough was really rough but then it was weird because like he makes Scott forces Scott to take a bite and swallow it but then like follows that up with but I'm never going to hurt you again yeah and i guess he kind of means it i mean at least physically mm-hmm. he doesn't touch Scott anymore after that really yeah but i mean mentally he does some damage for sure uh still but but yeah uh it was a really, really weird, like it was a rough scene, but then it had interesting implications to it. And then we get the scene with uh, Frank from the mill. He yeah. shows up to check on Andrew and see, you know, where is he, where he's been and what's going on. And that was really intense.
1: How the hell was he so quiet?
2: I know he is like, <laughs> I
1: mean, for a drunk <laughs> unnaturally guy, he's quiet very, and he's sneaky, very stealthy yeah. for a drunk person. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Somehow got, like, outside and then, like, through the woods around behind him to hold a gun to the back of his head. And then when he realizes the guy is going to just, like, be okay with the story that Scott told him and leave, he just, like, sneaks back through the woods and then is back in the house when Scott turns around. and man, ninja.
1: (laughs) That, and I don't know, wouldn't you kind of feel someone back there right kind of lingering i mean don't you almost kind of feel like the hair raised up on your neck or is it just me i don't yeah, know but i feel that's like what i was
2: thinking too.
1: <laughs> i don't know i feel like i'm being washed or something you know and then you turn around and so i mean and, and unless this guy was just completely inept or you know so focused on scott or something you know and thinking here's this little kid who's fending for himself you know and maybe that's all he was focused on but i just thought man it's weird he doesn't sense his presence at all behind him
2: right (laughs) it was weird but this scene did show me i was like yeah it's no wonder scott ended up growing up to be one of the world's most famous fiction writers because even at that young age he's whipping up quite the compelling story
1: sure did he's
2: like oh yeah he said where's my dad oh he he had to go visit my my aunt and his sister, she has Lou Gehrig's disease and she's not doing so well. And she's breathing like this and she can't walk that much anymore. So, well, who's taking care of you and your brother? Oh, you know, the lady from down the street comes in and checks on us, but we're doing really good. Like, he's just like on the fly coming up with these things. Yeah.
1: Totally believable. I'm impressed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He he just, it it flowed naturally. Like he wasn't stumbling or hesitating to like, um, um, you know, like come up with the story. It, Sounded yeah. like it could have been truthful. Yeah. hmm Good storyteller. Yep, yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. So that, yeah, it makes sense that he became, yeah, <laughs> a very prolific author. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he's good at that. Um, and we see a lot, yeah, as a kid there, like he's sitting around in those scenes, like just reading fiction stories and stuff. Like he's taking so much of that in also. Yep. So I thought those little nods were really cool. But then, yeah, the, the big thing, which you talked a lot about, was like the death of Andrew and it's the most disturbing bull hunt of all Mm -hmm. is he sends him on like these little, you know, which shows that the dad was paying attention when Paul was sending Scott on these bull hunts because like he, yeah, he would use some of the same kind of clues because he knew where, you know, Oh, if I say this clue, then Scott knows to go to this place and this place. Like he had been paying attention, which was interesting.
1: I I almost wonder if it was something that he used to do with Paul when Paul was younger. And is that where Paul got the idea? Maybe it wasn't original. And it could have been. I don't know that. But just makes me curious because he did know so much about it.
2: Yeah. But, uh, you know, if we get a really cool, like an interesting, nice prize of a a final bull hunt being, you know, being able to let go and move on with life with Lacey. This is the most disturbing final prize of a bull hunt where you win getting to kill your father. (laughs) Um, It's
1: messed up. Yeah,
2: but Andrew couldn't kill himself. I mean, he tried. Yeah. He he had the shotgun, and then that wasn't going to work. He just, like, got plaster drunk. I mean, just chugged an entire bottle, I guess, of, like, one of his vodka or just, like, some moonshine, some kind of something. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and, yeah, just, like, plasters that you know just yeah completely just like pass out on the couch and then with a note that final like little note of like you have to kill me please and it's i mean he's just haunted and so taken over by everything that happened with paul that he can't can't go on and he can't do it himself so he puts it into scott's hands which is just you know sad really really sad but i was surprised how easily scott just like did it? I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, Daddy." <laughs> like, yes, yeah. it's what I. Okay, you say so. And then for some reason, they don't really touch on it or you know specify why, but he can't take his dad's body to Buyeon Moon and bury it like he did with Paul's.
1: Yeah, and
2: he tries. He just can't.
1: Yeah, and and we don't have an explanation as to why, but maybe he mm-hmm. just didn't belong there. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he, so he dumps it in the well and then heads off to, you know, social services and they take him from there. Yeesh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Disturbing childhood to say the least. How you can cope and try to, like, grow up to be a normal person or semi-normal, functional human being, you know, after all of that is nothing short of amazing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and we still don't really understand fully what it was that was wrong with Paul either. You know, mm-hmm. that was never, that was another, like, question that, you know, was he slowly infected by something when they were going to Booyah Moon? Was it, like, the the infection from the long boy that finally got him? Was it a slow descent into, like, a mental illness? I mean, mm, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I don't know. Wow. That was a really good number one. Um, my number one, we've touched on it some already, um, but it was um, kind of related to the the bull hunt. And I mean the entire bull hunt, not just where it ended, but, you know, the mm-hmm. entire bull hunt to kind of where I think Scott was doing it to for Lisi to help her save Amanda. I think that's kind of where we got a little bit and also yeah. helping prepare her in case someone like Cole came after her. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that the whole ending that we got really does wrap up Scott's story. Like now that she knows what has happened, she can go on and write her own, you know, there's no more secrets, Mm -hmm. no more dark past, um, We get that beautiful montage that you mentioned earlier uh, between Mm -hmm. her and Scott uh, before she picks up that shovel one more time and giving it to the long boy, how he lets her pass and how she's able to see him even more shrouded. He's now kind of become one of those shrouded ones. and, And he's also now ready to move into the water. It's almost like he was hanging around to kind of help because I think Amanda mentioned it, like Scott guided you along the way or the whole way or something like that. And she said, yeah. And I think that he was trying to stick around in his own way until this unfinished business was, was done that, you know, she was able to help Amanda. She had what she needed. She was able to fight duly. And now that she knows, now that that is done and she now knows all of his story, this releases her. And I think that's, you know, kind of, You know, calling it Lisey's story now that's what that next chapter is going to be, or this new book is going to be. It's going to be Lisey's story, this new book or chapter in her life. You know, she can kind of move past being a part of like Scott's story and it being about Scott. Now it's about her. And I think that was, you know, represented in a really great way and how she can let go, um, kind of move on through her grieving and then be with her sisters, be with her family um so i i think it was a satisfying ending for me um yeah there were still questions there's still some things we don't know or understand but i think that for me it wrapped it up i think nicely yeah um and i thought it was a beautiful way to do it i'm satisfied
2: with where i'm satisfied with it
1: so that's that's where i wanted to kind of leave it was just i feel satisfied Mm -hmm. with where it ended i think it was you know Mm -hmm. beautiful and um tragic um and of course, left us with a little bit of an open-ended <laughs> kind of question, which is pretty typical. Stephen King. I don't know that there's too many things that he wholly wraps up, um, but yeah, yeah I think I thought it was great, and I was pretty happy, you know, with it as a whole. Um, there were there there were some flaws throughout the series. There were some things that weren't perfect, and but um, I think overall, I'm glad that I watched it. Um, did yeah. you have general thoughts about the series as a whole that you want to? to mention or about how you said you were satisfied with it yeah
2: yeah that's really yeah I can really just kind of echo a lot of what you said where I mean there's definitely some things that I think are still a little confusing or you know plot wise you're like well you know they, they you know skipped over some things here or there and didn't really explain it much just to kind of move on with the story and so not everything's not like perfectly wrapped up in a bow but overall like that main story element of like Scott and Lacey and you know what he wanted for her and kind of where she's at at the end of this. Yeah. I summed that up. Yeah. I'm very satisfied with the way that that ends As I think it is a pretty solid ending. Good.
1: Well, that makes me happy. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have any notes? Anything to add?
2: Um, Not really. Just one that I thought like, Just maybe get your thought on is I took a a note of the quote right at the very opening of the episode, the Oscar Wilde quote, Mm. where they open the episode with the flower blossoms for its own joy. And just to see if maybe you had an idea of kind of how that ties in exactly, because it's very vague.
1: (laughs) It is. And I don't have it in front of me. I should have pulled it. Um, I think it's from... One of his and – and I might be incorrect. I thought it was from one of his poems and there was more context to it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm sure it ties in and has something to do – at least my interpretation of it anyway – has something to do with Lisi and where we ended the story and how she's yeah. kind of finally blooming into her own. Like she's been so – it's been all about Scott and his world. I mean, I know they Mm -hmm. were partners and such, but you know, that's, that's what people focused on was Scott and his work. And he's this famous writer novelist and everyone just kind of looked at her as the wife. I think she didn't really ever get anything of her own. And I think that maybe this has something to do with this next chapter in her life, you know, that now she, she would be blooming um, and it would be for herself. But
2: yeah, that's That's where I was coming from Uh, on it is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is, yeah, her own joy, not caught up in in the life and successes of Scott, but now being able to kind of move towards living her own life again. Yeah. And yeah, blossoming on her own, based off of her own life and her own joys and own successes.
3: Yeah.
1: And not that that takes away from anything that they shared, you know, yeah. or that it wasn't a good thing. But I mean, he's he's dead. So she needs to move on and have... Her own life and not it just be yeah. about Scott and his stories. It's got to be now her
2: mm-hmm. story. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a, a nice little quote as well. Um, the one note that I had, uh, just it really touched me and really, ha- I think it really kind of broke me was when scott says stories were all i had but now i have you you're every story mm. you're my heart kiddo this is our time now you and me we should make our own world i just thought that was just like one of the most beautiful things i'd ever heard and i think uh clive owens delivery um you know, I think is a little bit underappreciated in the series. And I just thought that was beautiful. And that, that broke me. I was like, Oh shit, here come the yeah. waterworks. So thought that was really beautiful. And I really wanted to call attention to that. Um, that nice. line that he had, that was great. Um, well, this was, it, it's been a great ride. I'm glad we covered this one.
2: Um, yeah, me too.
1: All right. Well, That is going to take us into our listener feedback portion. So we definitely had a lot of thoughts uh, from all of you lovely listeners. There are a couple long ones in here. So I hope you guys stick with us. We're going to include all of it. I didn't cut anything out. So we've got some long emails and some long voicemails as well. So I hope you guys um, stick around for all of that. But I'll go ahead and take this first one. This first first one is from our good friend, Lindsay Schlicht. She says, I'm not going to lie. This one was a bummer of an ending for me. The special effects of the long boy were great, and I, of course, loved watching Dooley meet his doom. Not sure I understand why his mingled body was returned. I'd be pissed if I did all that just to have to dispose of the body <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I would, too. Um, yeah. with you. Um, she goes on, After that, it felt like long, melancholy stretches of nothingness to cover the fact that we weren't going to get much resolved beyond what he did to his father. I swear every time I thought this must be the final scene, another one would pop up. I was definitely ready for it to be over by the time it finally ended. Perhaps I'm not artsy fartsy enough to understand the deep, deeper metaphors. Seems to me like this is another one of King's works that just didn't translate as well into film. All in all, not my favorite show, but an entertaining WTF season of TV for me. I enjoyed the podcast more than the show, which which just happens sometimes. Thanks. Um, She says, see for sweet tooth. Another one I hadn't planned to watch, but you convinced me.
0: Ooh, oh nice. thanks
1: um i get it there were i think a couple of spots that they probably could have stopped it there in the episode and it would have been fine like you could have ended yeah. it just right there and like oh no wait we got one more scene and then okay now we can probably stop it and that and then it would be good and then we'd still get more so i agree with you there we probably could have ended it a couple of different times but i think that i was okay with more of the content that we got i thought For me, anyway, it was it was satisfying, but I get you, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you were here with us um, for the eight episode journey. We really appreciate hearing what you said around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We got an email from Fran. She says, greetings all. Well, we've reached the end of the story and it's left me with the booyah blues (laughs) because sad to say, it just didn't do the trick for me. I guess such is the case for these book adaptations, book screenplays that have to encapsulate and tie together so much story into less than 60 minutes of TV. I wonder if others felt the same way. The whole atmosphere, nuance of this episode was just lost in comparison to episode 7. The monster, even seen clearly, wasn't scary anymore. And that operatic music did not mix well with the scene of Dooley's demise by the hand, hands, of the monster just didn't flow for me at all. Another fight scene, should have counted on that, but three more headbutts, the fingers again, and beam me up, Scotty? Really? Let the body parts hit the pool. (laughs) Mm. I I found that kind of humorous. So, what was that? Booyah telling Lisey, this is your mess, so now you clean it up? Lisey's dumping practices. Another scene that should have been more scary, eerie. Was it the music? Just didn't flow for me. Rolling River? Wouldn't the body parts wash up somewhere eventually? No concern with that? Didn't get it. Why couldn't Dooley's body parts remain with the monster? Was it because Dooley was an outsider? (laughs) Lisey's story. So, dag, her prize was Scott finally giving her the whole truth, that he killed his father, okay, but that's all to liberate her and Amanda as he goes on in death so that she could go on in life. Scott's story. Now that the whole scene of Scott and his dad was very haunting, oh, now that whole scene of Scott and his dad was very haunting, superb acting by Pitt and the kid, Dad was cut all over. Gee, ghastly depiction of his mental illness. The visitor from Personnel, good tension to that scene. Scott's a good storyteller. What did he mean when he said he wished his dad had killed the guy? So that his dad could be arrested, put in prison, or killed by police? Why couldn't dad pull the trigger on himself? What a cowardly, cruel, abusive dad. Dead by axe. I guess the kid had no choice. Just awful, that depiction of patricide. Dad got dragged to hell, literally. Scott's story to the sheriff wouldn't jive with what he told Personnel. No consequence of that. Wouldn't he come up in? The, wouldn't that come up in the investigation? Lisey's last request: the shuffle and offering to the Booyah God. I didn't like Scott's enshrouding. It looked too fake. The marriage montage was nice. Some impact there. They could have played that Cornelius Brothers wedding song to the scenes, but I get it—the sweet somber music. Lisey turned that one po- one pick with Scott down. Why? Just to show a closure for her, a strong woman who now has grief closure should be able to now face memories and photos, don't you think? I would have rather they had Lacey caress the photo or gently touch Scott's face in the photo than turning the photo down. Dag. The lighthouse, the pool, and the sky reflecting in the pool. Life and spirit goes on. So despite my being somewhat disappointed by the finale, the series as a whole was great, and really it was all that more fun because of joining your podcast, I must say. Thank you so much. I went back and listened to another episode recap of The Stand season one, and it just prompted me to go and binge the whole season, and I really dug it, along with the miniseries. Rob Lowe as Nick was a much better performance for me, though. The nuclear explosion was scary as heck. And you guys mentioned Sweet Tooth, so I watched the first episode. It was pretty good, so I may continue on with that. No Oreos this week, I must confess. I was back to Chips Ahoy for me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to hear your take on the finale this week. Blessings to you all, Fran in New York. Thank you so much for all that. That was great. Thank you,
1: Fran. Um, I get it. I think you'll find lots of people probably agreed with you um, with with a lot of what you had to say. I read a lot of yeah. m- folks that were more. I think m- I think I read more folks that were disappointed than than that loved it. But I did hear folks, and not just feedback, but just what I read a little bit online, reading what some people had to say um, in general with their thoughts. So I don't know, but glad that uh, you enjoyed some of our coverage of the stand and. Uh, Hope to see you around for Sweet Tooth. Yeah. So thanks. Um, We did also get some feedback from our good friend, Wendy Yacht Eppers as well, that came in just under the radar. Wendy, you just made it. Um, just finished the finale. I really loved the show. I liked the final juxtaposition of Scott's perfect childhood where we find out how the story of his dad and Paul ended versus Lisey's bucolic childhood where her dad built her an amazing playship for her and her sisters. Ooh, good good thoughts there. Um, uh-huh. She goes on, even though this was a graphic horror story, ultimately the show was Scott and Lisey's love story. I agree. I liked it. Like it. Glad that you um, jumped in and binged it and got caught up with this, Wendy. And appreciate your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, Really good. All right, this comes from our friend Greg. Always good to hear from him. Mm-hmm. He says, in general, I thought the finale was touching, heartwarming, vindicating, heartbreaking, and frustrating. Something that I have noticed with Stephen King's work, even as a longtime fan, is that sometimes monsters just are. Sometimes the fantastic happens without any explanation. I think we've been so spoiled by many well-written shows and books that we need an explanation for everything. Because, as we have seen, it can be done, and it can be done well. Some of the things that we were wondering. What is the long boy? No one knows, and we will never find out. Perhaps there are positives to leaving some of these things a mystery, but it makes me want to read the story in order to possibly find out what they are. Given that Amanda mentions that Scott knows a little about Booyah Moon, but not nearly everything, makes me think that in the book, there isn't really an answer. Given that Dooley was absorbed by the Long Boy, but his body showed back up in the real world, makes me wonder if that was his soul and his body was matched in the real world. We'll never know. What connection does the Lighthouse have to Booyah Moon? It's a mirrored anchor between both worlds. It is just something that is reflected from one world to another. Perhaps some modicum of control could be exercised by spirits in Booyah Moon, but it's just a thing. At least that's my interpretation. It may have more purpose to it, but I don't think it was explained by anything in the show, which is fine, but the mirroring definitely made you think there was something more to it. Who were the Shrouded Ones? They were the dead who had not moved on. Okay, so Buyamun is a type of purgatory where spirits pass through on the way to the other side. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. So now I'm operating on the theory that it's a purgatory where some people can access and utilize some of its ideas or healing natures, but the draw of the pool makes it so that there is an inherent danger to it. Also, that the people who are able to visit are touched in some way, shape, or form. Whether it be cutting or mental instability or overly creative, the people who can access this fantastical place are also ones who are in the most danger of getting caught in its proverbial tar pit. How did Scott get his ideas or stories from Buya Moon? No one knows. Personally, I'm going with the theory that, effectively by osmosis of being in Buya Moon, he picked up the thoughts of other people who could visit or the souls who stopped there and gazed at the pool. So he gathered them up and wrote them down and published them for his benefit. So he never shared his own stories, just ones he picked up from other spirits, until he wrote his own and kept it in Booyah Moon for Lisi to find. And that was a heart-wrenching series of scenes right there. The kid who played Scott killed it, no pun intended, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and his dead face as he was driving the tractor to pull his father to the well was the picture of a well-seasoned actor. Maybe the director told him to pretend he was pulling a stack of lumber except he exuded a heaviness in his face, which said he recognized what he'd done out of both duty and pity. Question. Did the wand that the deep space cowboy gave Scott looking like an arm of the long boy act as a talisman to give the long boy a sense of where Scott was. So the deep space cowboy went to Booyah moon, saw the long boy carved a wand to look like it like from relics, I believe and gave it to Scott. Was it of nefarious purpose or just coincidental timing that Scott's wounds just started opening at that time? I don't know. Now that I write it, I realize that Scott described the wand in relics as a copy of the Longboy, and that's why the Deep Space Cowboy carved it that way. There could be a number of other thoughts, like why was Leesy able to approach the Longboy at the end? Why did the Longboy accept the shovel? Was the shovel an anchor? Was, it the li- was the lighthouse an anchor? And so many more, but you may have to cut this for time. No, Greg, we will not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad I watched it. I enjoyed it. And while I wish I'd gotten more explanation, sometimes it just isn't in the cards. Look forward to hearing if you guys figured out something else. Greg. P.S. I called it in week four. I think Dooley goes down via be a long boy.
1: <laughs> yep, you get credit for that, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so great i knew greg was gonna have some it great was really good insight yeah um and no i'm not cutting any of this out it's the finale man in the finale <laughs> i leave it in there because i think it's mm-hmm. good for everyone to hear and hear everyone's thoughts um and i think a lot of what you had to say greg was really really great and insightful so thank you yeah. so much for taking the time to write that out you might have carpal tunnel now after doing all of that. I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> and kudos to you, uh, Pake for um, getting through both of those emails. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lots of reading. Lots today. of
1: reading today. No, I love it though. It, it I mm-hmm. love seeing that. It's, I love the engagement. Um, you guys are into it like we are and you have some thoughts to say, whether they're good or whether they're bad. And I don't care which I just love the engagement from our listeners. So that was really great. Thank you guys so much for putting all that thought into it. Um, We do have a couple of phone calls this week as well. Now our good friend Daphne, who has been so great uh, the last couple of weeks to provide some um, uh, back and forth about the differences between the book and the show. Now she was um, not able to leave any feedback last week because um, she had other engagements, but she did have a voicemail for us. Now, this one, I haven't listened to it yet. She warned me it's a little bit long, um, but I think she's making up for last
3: week as well. So let's see what Daphne had to say. Hi, Rima and Paik. I just wanted to say thanks again for giving this series a chance and covering it. It's been a lot of fun to listen to you guys talk about the episodes each week and come up with your theories. I hope the finale gave you a satisfying conclusion to the story. For me, knowing that Stephen King was able to bring his book to life, and it's his works, I'm totally down with the way that it ended. And even though there were some differences, I can definitely live with it. There were differences from the book. Um, and I know I've said it before that I've been keeping a few notes to share at the end because I wasn't sure if things were going to come up in any of the episodes, so here we go. The long boy has a very different look, as explained in the book. It's more of like this worm-like creature with no legs and patchy sides. It's also something Scott had seen glimpses of in reflections, in water glasses, and mirrors. It was a creature that Scott had always felt was watching him. At times, Lisi kind of felt that way too. Um, In the book, Scott did leave Lisi a story and a hard lemonade and like the series story really explained what happened to his father, which was one of the questions I had throughout the book, like what happened to Andrew? It was similar right down to the pickaxe and the note. One thing not mentioned is Scott's father in the book had snuck upstairs with the intent to kill Scott with the pickaxe at one point and At the age of 10, Scott was forced to kill his father at his father's insistence when the madness was starting to take over. Although Amanda was present when Dooley arrived, Darla was not. Darla's role was actually much smaller in the book. She was not present when Lisi brought Amanda back from Booyah Moon. To keep them safe, Lisi and Amanda actually called Darla. To tell her that Amanda had left Greenlawn and been moved to Derry so that Darla and one of the other sisters, Canty, would go to Derry and not just pop up at Lisey's out of the blue when Dooley was there. There was no Greenlawn safe word either. Um, in the book, Scott died after eating berries after dark in Booyah Moon, which caused him to become very ill. Like the series, he traveled to Booyah Moon several times to try to get to the pool, but it was blocked by the long boy. He was able to temporarily recover after licking dew off some of the leaves, but that was just a temporary recovery. Lisey did donate Scott's papers to the Fogler Library at the University of Maine, which is a real place. Stephen King actually graduated from University of Maine in 1970. That's where he met his wife, Tabitha, and they've made various donations to the school um, over the past few decades. Although the ketamine syringe was featured in the book, Lisi never touched it. She found it afterwards when she was visiting Booyah Moon for one last time. One earlier thing that was not mentioned in the series, but was in the book, was a conversation that Lisi and Scott had while under the yum yum tree. Scott basically told her that having children was not an option for him, and that if she wanted to have kids, they could not get married. This gave Lisi some conflict at times, because I think she kind of maybe wanted to have kids. It isn't that Scott couldn't have kids. It's that he chose not to have children, I think, because of the things that were running in his family. I have a couple other little things. Um, Dooley did not know Gerd Allen Cole, which is Scott's shooter. They did not live in a mental facility together. Lisey did not give the silver spade to the long boy in exchange to be able to walk down to the pool. She actually didn't see the long boy again after the long boy killed Dooley. Dooley's body did also did not show up in her pool. Officer Dan did not die in the book. I don't think he was even at Lisey's when everything went down. Um, and Scott did not receive this long boy handled wand from a fan. That didn't happen either. Those are pretty much all of my thoughts. I did have to call this list down because I was trying to keep this voicemail short. But um, there were just some things I really wanted to mention. Again, thanks so much for covering this series. I hope that you're happy with the ending. And I'm super excited for you guys to cover Sweet Tooth next. So thanks, guys.
1: That
2: was
3: awesome. That was wonderful. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. lots of interesting little tidbits and stuff in there that i knew would be and i was excited to hear
1: (laughs) yeah that was so great gosh i loved all of that i loved hearing all those differences um -hmm. and your thoughts on that daphne um i appreciate you taking all that time um to kind of Not just talk about, you know, what you thought about the series and each episode, but just explaining to all of us some of those differences, because I think it's kind of interesting. Now I feel like I need to go read the flipping book. Um, (laughs) So thank you. And just as a side note, now today is the day that we're recording. This happens to be Daphne's birthday So happy birthday, Daphne.
2: Happy birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so
1: much um, for for all that you've um, done um, for Strange Indeed and the support and writing in and and just being supportive like behind the scenes and stuff too. So happy birthday. Hope you have a great day. Um, We -hmm. love you. All right. Uh, One more voicemail from our good friend Steve Brown. Where would we be without um, a voicemail from Steve? So let's see what he has to say.
0: Alright, here we go. Final episode of Lisey's story for Apple TV and Strange Indeed, and Pake. I love it. We we don't start in the the Boo Moon. We start with the sisters wondering where Lisi has gone. Uh that's where we start. Uh I I love it. Where did he take her? No, she took him. <laughs> Are you okay? No. Hand stuff. Freaks me out. Like, I just, I can't handle the hand stuff. Nice. She shot him with a ketamine. We've been waiting for that. This last, what, three episodes? You are food for the long boy. (laughs) How rough is that, man? Adding, like, insult to injury. Don't just absorb him, but, like, throw him down on the ground again. And, like, let him start to crawl and then grab him and then absorb him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I get it. This is this is my second time watching. So now, so she went back. She got healed by the pool, and then went back to the real world. Oh, you are going to need to clean that pool. Uh, well, my darling. All right, Craig. I'm I'm with you. I know you're fishing for information, but a good officer, uh, maybe for your department. But yeah, sure, he was a good friend. There's a lot of time left in this episode, so I'm, I'm not... I, I remember the first time I watched it, wondering what, what story we're going to get to close out. I don't know, does it count as a mic drop when it's a flashback to when they said the name of the episode and the name of the series? I'll give it to him. Mic drop, Lisey's story. Okay, what's the Fogler? Because that's who she's donating all his papers to. The Fogler. I just want to say, Julianne Moore is hauntingly beautiful in this movie with the, 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 the music in the background. Just amazing. It's really depressing how Scott's home life as a child got worse. So much worse. I like... When Stephen King ends his stories on a sweet note. Wow. Um, a really great one. I, I don't know if I want to read the book because some graphic stuff, but man, I uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one. Uh, sorry I went long.
1: Fantastic.
2: Yeah, that was great.
1: Thank you, Steve, as always. I'm happy that you stuck with us, too. Um, mm-hmm the series always appreciated what a bunch of great feedback we've gotten from our listeners um, you know even when they aren't always sure of the choices that we make when we decide to cover things and even <laughs> if they're a little like I don't know if I'm into this they stick with us so thank you guys so much for sticking with us um,
2: constant listeners is that constant
1: what <laughs> listeners? you're my constant listeners But thank you, everyone, for uh, participating with us because you're a part of this, too. You know, this 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 is all of us. So thank you for your Mm -hmm. feedback. Um,
2: Always really appreciate it. You guys make this show just as much as we do.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I I wouldn't be anywhere without my listener, my listener involvement and engagement. Um, And I hope. Um, on that note that you guys will stick with us because next week on Strange Indeed, um, we are moving on from Lacey's stories since um, we have just wrapped the finale. We, As we mentioned last week on our episode, we are going to cover the Netflix show titled Sweet Tooth. Um, it is already out. I think it came out around the same time as Lisi's story. So it's been out around the same time. I think think they
2: both premiered the same. I think
1: it was the same night.
2: Exactly the same night. Yeah, I think
1: so. I think (laughs) I remember that. And I know many folks may have already watched it if you haven't. Um, or if you have, I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but uh, you know, I would hope that if you've watched it, you'll maybe do a rewatch with us or if it's your first time watching that you will join with us. Um, it's our first watch, um, of the series, um, next week we're going to be covering episode one of Sweet Tooth, titled "Out of the Woods." So, and I did not put a description. I'm excited in
2: there. to rewatch that one because that's the only one I've watched. So yes, far. Pake's, great to Pake's got it a
1: little bit of a heads up. We'll go ahead and full disclosure, <laughs> as he mentioned last week, he did already go ahead because he was really when well, you really wanted to watch it anyway, right? You were curious about yeah. the 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 material and wanted to watch it, and then that was what kind of got you got your interest peaked, like, oh, we should cover yeah. this on on Strange Indeed. So you stopped at that point. Yeah. And, and so you haven't seen it. You don't know the ending. You've only seen that first episode. So mm-hmm. I'll allow yeah. it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm totally fine with that. Sometimes it's what it takes. It, before, I mean, how do you know if something might be good if you haven't seen that first one? So I don't know that I would have decided mm-hmm. to do it had you not been um excited about doing it so yeah we're gonna cover cover that one so hopefully you guys will stick around um, for that one of her great things a lot of people have had you know comments that i've read that have said that they really really enjoyed it so hope you guys join us for that um mm-hmm. and in the meantime we are excited that you followed us to booyah moon but please follow us on twitter at strange
2: you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash tcast,
1: And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app.
2: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts.
1: Speaking of great podcasts, be sure to check out Peek and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. And would you mm-hmm. like to give a sneak peek at what you have um, or what your most recent release is or what you have um, uh, coming out for next week?
2: Yeah. The most recent past release, of course, was Lake Placid. as I talked about that last week. Yay. And then this week's episode, just you know, a, a little movie called The Meg, and we had a guest host on there, just a a little someone people might know as Rima Joe from the <gasps> podcast. People might know was Strange Indeed. So
1: yeah, I said that on purpose <laughs> just so could get my plug in there. No, I'm kidding. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. So yep, that will be coming out this week. If it's not, it'll be out on Friday. So soon. Sweet. That and was yeah, It was a, a lot blast. of fun. Yeah, it was, it was great having you back on. And oh,
1: thanks. Talking about sharks. <laughs> you know, I love sharks. I love talking about sharks. And it was Shark Week last week. So totally mm. appropriate that we recorded the Meg during Shark Week. I, I loved it. I always yeah. have a great time with you guys. I was truly honored to be um, a, a guest again uh, for the Meg and really happy that you guys asked. So can't wait to hear it when it comes out.
2: Yeah. It was a lot of fun.
1: Awesome.
2: All right, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Until next time, I'm Raymond. And I'm Kate. And Cindy Barrick is Strange Indeed.